podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Neil and Paddy back again to try and break down and make sense and try and predict and be Mystic Megan, whatever you want to call it, about Fulham versus Aston Villa tomorrow night in the Premier League at Craven Cottage. And uh, a game, I think, is as the tagline that I said for this for this podcast was, this could be a game whereby, you know, it's <laughs> we could be limping into this game or it could be a lame duck manager or it could be a break, make or break game. For the manager. And I know, look, I can even feel them. I'm not looking at the comments already. I can feel people saying, doesn't matter. We want Gerard gone. That's fine. Look, we will have tons of podcasts talking about whether Gerard is in or Gerard is out. Today, we're going to focus on the game ahead in Fulham and Aston Villa with a small little bit of, um, obviously, what we would like to see um, tallied in there as well. But, Paddy, how does this fine Wednesday find you? Finds me good. Um not optimistic in any way, but good. I'm uh, just off a, a game of indoor football and we're having a torrential downpour here at the moment. There's a weather warning in place. Boy, so stay safe out there, everybody. Yeah. Um, not all we can say. It just it worries me a little bit for my flight on Sunday. I hope everything's cleared up by then. That would I did I did kind of suggest to my son earlier in the evening that we give Sunday a miss, but he wasn't having any of it. <laughs> Best to best to look at that one, Petty. Best to look at that one. He know he knows that he knows that with performances the way they are, the queues at the villa at villa shop would probably be uh, uh, less chaotic than they normally are. He's playing you like a fiddle, Petty. He's playing you like a fiddle. He's um, more money. He's more money than I have, so he'd be buying them all himself. Oh, but Petty, do you know what? I'm looking at the comments here. Let's bring a bit of levity to the situation. A small bit of uh, a small bit of. Um, Small bit of uh, humor to it, James Cartwright. I knew you were going to put that one on in the back, which is not which I know. Time whenever you go live, well, that's where we can see him. (laughs) 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 My my, my usual bath watch because I don't don't usually get time to watch YouTube as such, I would normally listen to podcasts, but my bath watch is usually the Holy Trinity. I enjoy his production, so that's what I watch in the back. Do you bring a glass, a glass of whiskey in with you? Uh, not whiskey, no. Whiskey doesn't agree with me, but I've been known to bring a beer in and just relax and um, watch the Holy Trinity, and then there you go. There's, that's we my back routine. Since, since we're talking about hygiene and alcohol and how they go together <laughs> and so on like that, in, in, in college I used to sit under the, uh, to save time, because uh, we, I, I was one of these people who had a 39-hour college week when I was in college. There was no 15, 16-hour college weeks for me. It was actually like it was, it was packed to the rafters. So when we get home, everyone was half cut um, on a Thursday night before we were going out. So I'd hop into the shower with a, with a, with a neck and a whiskey and had a shower and drink at the same time. Why are joking me? Perfect night. You have to say I'm somewhere, Paddy. That's my efficiency. That's my economical kind of... Uh, that was that was my ingenuity back then. 
which was great. And then whatever, you know, whatever I, about I, drinking in the bath, I can't imagine drinking in the shower at all. <laughs> I, I learned to bring I learned to bring a deck chair in with me as well, just in case, uh, just in yeah. case the, the the alcohol hit me in the shower as well, because it can be tricky <laughs> to get out of, you know, tricky to get out of the shower as well. Uh, anyway, anyway, less about the debaucherous nature of uh, of, poor, of the two of us. Poor old uh, Charlie. Charlie doesn't hasn't had a bath in years. He doesn't like sitting in his own filth. Well, was he? <laughs> What you do there, Charlie, is you have a shower after your bath. You know, let, let's call a spade a spade. That's how it works. <laughs> oh, shower before your bath. If he doesn't want to be sitting in his own field. Shower yeah, before. he can do that too. Where has this podcast gone already? Well, it makes a pleasant gone? change from talking about Aston Villa, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we did say we bring a small bit of uh, bit of humour to the to the podcast this morning, and that one just took on a life of its own. James Cartwright, thank you for that. And if anybody does have any other whimsical uh, places that they watch this podcast, please tell us. Uh, please let us know in the comments as well. Um, yeah, so lads, uh, we're team <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, we do have Fulham. Um, so I keep, I'm going to keep on... Okay, caveat. I'm going to keep on saying it the weekend through this podcast because my brain is wired incorrectly towards midweek games. So if I do, you know I mean tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I, like, I like to call Thursday night the weekend anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, exactly. like the weekend eve. Well, it is for me. I'm off on I'm off on Friday, so I've uh, I, I took an annual leave day on Friday. Um, so I am uh, technically tomorrow is my weekend, so I can't complain. But anyway, let's get back. We're supposed to talk about Aston Villa Football Club. We'll be cancelled from the airwaves if we don't do it, uh, uh, because we've got such a such a stringent um, overlords and whatever else. But um, yeah, but like Paddy, you said you aren't too optimistic. I I am more optimistic because um, we will have the magnificent AVFC Stato and Stato Corner coming up in a moment. Um, but uh, I have been trawling through where <laughs> the teams sit in relation to each other with regards to performance this season within the league. And I'm a small bit more optimistic because I'm going to tell you something. The amount of overachieve, overachieving the Fulham have been doing in comparison to the amount of underachieving we've been doing is almost like a sliding doors moment. And uh, it's it's really really interesting, but I think Philip can get something from this game um, uh, tomorrow night, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. But Paddy, do you want to tell me why? I suppose you're more kind of pessimistic about tomorrow than than, than anything else. Well, I, I won't I won't be able to tell you how pessimistic or or, or unpessimistic I am until about ten minutes into the game, and we yeah. see how how we're set out because we need we need to be set out for for all of these games against teams who are let's say outside of the greedy six um we need to be set up like we were against man city and chelsea and we haven't been so that that's the reason why i'm i'm not optimistic that's the reason why i'm really the really had a long talk with myself over the last couple of days about making the trip over next sunday um and look you know i'm going to do it anyway because I absolutely adore going to Villa Park and meeting all my friends and having the crack. Mm. And plus, it's, it's it's what I love. But I, I'm really not enamoured with what's going on at the moment. So regardless of whether we're playing Man City or playing Fulham, I still have that doubt in the back of my mind that something is going to go wrong. So it, it's, go, it's going to take a run of results to stop that from happening. And I just can't see where the run of results are going to come from. Sorry, Paddy. Oh, my God, my heart. 
I thought the attack of the insects was happening again there because I could hear this unbelievably loud buzzing sound. And I was like, is there some sort of king hornet coming in here to get me for all the insects I've killed over the last couple of weeks? My printer was just having a bit of a meltdown on top of Oh, my heart is lit. I was there. Where the hell is this buzzing coming from with the storm that's going on outside? I didn't know it was, just, it was a, a tree after falling on my cabin here or whatever. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> heart attack city here. But anyway, Paddy, you mentioned something there about... Uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. Oh, yeah. I did have a whimsical response to you there as well. Look, you were saying about whether you were going to go over or not. And you know, you've got your 17-year-old son that's going to go over with you. And I was going to say, take yourself back to my boat. Take yourself back to when you've got a one, two, or maybe a three-year-old child. And these trips were as infrequent back then, Paddy. And really, the result did matter. But maybe you're thinking, it's been five, six weeks since I've gone out in the tear. It's been three or four weeks since I've met up with the boys and had a school full of pints. Think of that. And if nothing else, take it as a trip to have a few, have, as you said there, meet up with your mates, have a bit of a jolly. And look, the result will be a bonus if, if, uh, if it's a positive um, because look, if anything, Paddy, a guy like you that's been over to Villa Park as much should be kind of loose, used to the losing at this stage. And I'm saying that unbelievably facetiously. I know it's never easy to get used to losing and it's not nice to go over there and especially the amount of money. There's another element to it. It's the fact that it's on on a Sunday when, when you've got to do an 18 hour day to get there and get, and get back to be going to work the next morning. And Let's face it, the TV companies haven't done us any favours. Mm. We mentioned it at the weekend. There was three other games they could have played and put us on at 3 o'clock on Saturday. No. Yeah. They, they, wanted to look, they, they wanted to look closely at either the rise or the demise of Steven Gerrard, and that's what, that's what they've done for the last six weeks. Uh, and I also think, our, our, Eddie, I think also it's got something to do with the Amazon Prime um, deal as well that Sky Sports just want as many games on a Sunday as they possibly can as well to make up for losing a game on the Thursday night to the Amazon Amazon Prime deal like and and the Wednesday night like there's games not on Sky tonight because Amazon Prime have them and if I'm not mistaken I think tomorrow night is the same so you know there is a loss of games there that Sky will go well our contract says 60 70 80 140 however many games yeah. and that's why they've started moving games to Sundays which look doesn't as as we often say it doesn't butter our parsnips um but I think I can understand why they do it and I can understand look the TV money is needed it's an unnecessary it's a necessary evil but it's an unnecessary hassle as I say and uh yeah. like you like you said they're having to get over on a Sunday and get back for work on a Monday it's not the most ideal thing in the world that hopefully after Christmas um we'll have way more 3 p.m kickoffs because I'm looking forward to getting my teeth stuck yeah. into going back over again this is very topical from from top G's is the it's match not. on telly it's on behind the red button on Premier Sports 2 if you subscribe to it so only in Ireland, apparently. So, uh, so that means I, I can't record it. I don't know. Behind the red button, you can't record behind the red button. Mm. Anyway, well, it looks like looks like I'm going to have to set up a camera on a tripod in front of the television and record <laughs> it that way, isn't it? Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. There's but, always uh, a way. Yeah, there's always a way to watch. Exactly, exactly. But anyway, getting on to the game itself, Paddy. I suppose. Look, let me um let let's let's take a little look. I suppose at some of the historical and some of the factual information from this game and from these these encounters, uh, past and present. In a segment we like to call from the wonderful AVFC Stato Stato Corner. I 
there we go. Stato Corner. Today is, as we say, brought to, as we always say, brought to you guys by um, AVFC Stato, the wonderful AVFC Stato. And uh, he has a Patreon page actually at the moment. Um, just after popping into the back of my mind there, if you guys do like the statistics that he brings, you know, and you can support him on that Patreon page as well. Um, we have a Patreon page as well, uh, I think. I think it's still going. Um, but it's just, just throwing that one out there too. But let's take a little look at some of the statistics that we have and we are bringing to you today from AVFC Stato. And the first one is that Aston Villa won 3-0 in their last away game against Fulham in September 2020. They have never won consecutive away games against Fulham before. Paddy, why is that 3-0 win against Fulham in September 2020? Why is that a momentous, momentous night that should go down in folklore for Aston Villa Football Club? Well, there's two, th- there's two things that happened that night. The first the first thing is is the first time we met you in person was yeah. that night. And if, if memory serves me correct, it was the first time you were ever on the Villa View. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I did the Villa View sitting on top of a computer in the back office of that hotel that we were watching the game in. <laughs> I, had my, I had my laptop, I brought my laptop with me and everything. I had perched up on top of an air conditioning unit inside the inside in the back office. Yeah, yeah, they were very good to give it to me. But yes, and that was a really good game. And that was a game we went out and we bossed. We played really well. We absolutely destroyed their full back press that they had in the back. We destroyed their back three. Um, Ollie Watkins was fantastic that night. Connor Horan played that night. One of his, probably his last, his best last game before I think he, he, I um, think he scored that night, didn't he? Right did. foot, I think. Yeah. I think he did too. Yeah, yeah, I think he did too. And I'm trying to think who scored the other one. Was it McGinn? Jack Reilly scored one. Ball over Jack the top, Rayleigh. ran onto it, hit it with yes. his right foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the third one now. Yeah. Um... I Could can't remember. I think I've got a funny feeling it was McGinn, but it was a really, really great night. You know, t- we were at the crest of a wave. That was obviously the 2020 season. Things went on mm-hmm. and we had a very good start to that season. And it's been pretty mediocre since then. I presume but look, that was answering our oh, own question there. No, it was Mings that scored. <laughs> Maybe it could have been Mings. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, a really good night. And we would be hoping and praying for another game like that again, another night like that again. But it hasn't always been rosy for Aston Villa against Fulham because Aston Villa won home and away against, uh, home and away Premier League games against Fulham the last time the sides met in 2021-2022. The last one three in a row against the Cottagers in October 2020 or 2000 and four um, and since the start of last season Aston Villa have lost seven of their eight Premier League games league away games against London sides with the exception of being a 2-1 win at Crystal Palace they've conceded in each of their last 12 top flight visits to the capital but on the other hand have only failed to score in one of their last 17 so pretty much his- history tells us there will be goals both teams to score in, in this game is probably the bet if anybody is uh, is is a wagering person um, here and always bet responsibly but that's an interesting statistic here um, uh, that I thought was uh, that Stato provided um, also Fulham have won just two of their last 17 midweek uh, Premier League games drawing seven and losing eight but did beat Brighton 2-1 in their only such game so far this term that was a really interesting game because um, <clears throat> it was like, like there's a correlation in Fulham and this is going to sound amazingly obvious but if you allow Fulham create chances, they will win games. So uh, they will score goals. Um, against Bournemouth at the start of the season was a two-two draw. They created twelve chances. They got, they they scored two goals. Um, against Brighton, they can see they, they um 
They created eight chances. They scored two goals. Forest, they beat Francis. Forest, they beat Forest, should I say. They can they created 12 chances and they beat uh Brentford and cre- and they created 12 chances as well. So what I'm saying here is that they will score goals if we allow them to create chances. <clears throat> In the other games, they've been stifled, only creating two, three, four chances a game. They haven't looked like they've been in those games at all. So really important that we would do that, that they do have a goal in them um, as well. But uh, as I say, that Brighton game was what brought that statistic, that, that piece into the back of my mind there when we were reading it too. Um, Alexander Mitrovic has scored 50 league goals since the start of last season with 29 of those coming in home games. The Serbian has netted nine goals in his last eight appearances at Craven Cottage. And I don't have it there, but he's also scored the same amount of goals in the Premier League this season, I think as Aston Villa Football Club. And I wouldn't be surprised if that if those 50 goals since the start of last season are pretty close to the amount of goals that we've scored in the league since the, in that time period. <laughs> might not I wouldn't be, be surprised. I think we got 46 goals in the league last season, if I'm not mistaken, plus seven makes us 53. I'm open to correction on that. I, that's just something from the back of my mind. Um, but scoring goals is going to be pivotal in this one. They have a goal scorer. They have a spearhead to their, to their attack. We're searching for an attack of any shape or form, and I think that's that's the um, that's the interesting piece here. Also, congratulations to obviously my favorite player always has been my favorite player for Aston Villa, <laughs> um, Ashley Young, who's gonna going to uh, become uh, like this. This is the active Premier League players at the moment, but of the players currently playing, he's gonna going to be part of the four hundred club in the Premier League. And uh, I think that's actually a fantastic statistic when you consider he's been out of the league for... He was out of the league for three years, I think, wasn't it? Uh, he's still going to make 400 appearances. Obviously, <clears> he's <throat> been used off the bench an awful lot last season. Um, and whereas, you know, he's he's hunting down Jordan Henderson's um, league appearances total there as well. I would imagine he would surpass that by the end of the season, provided that Henderson... Uh, provided that Liverpool... Uh, midfield gets fit again, but yeah, it's going to take some some going to be to to reach the likes of James Milner. Um, but fair play to him, thirty seven years of age has been our outstanding player. I think this season, or what I would say is our most consistent player, more so than our, our, our outstanding player this season. And you know, you have to give him the plaudits. We call players out when they're not performing, and even though you know, as I say, we I have said that I I didn't think he was up to it this season. I've been proven wrong, and I've no problem saying it. Um, but uh, because it's all to the benefit of Aston Villa. None of these podcasts are ever to the benefit of myself or Paddy. We all only ever want the benefit of Aston Villa. And that is uh, that is something that should ring true from these podcasts, and I hope it does. So thank you very much once again to AVFC Stato. I know I didn't use all the statistics. He actually gave me, I'd say Stato must have given me about 25 statistics, um, but I just had, I only had six or seven slides today. So uh, I do I do appreciate you and all the work that you do in giving us those statistics. As I said, he does have a Patreon page as well, guys. You can go find it. He's the only AVFC Stato out there. If this is something that you enjoy, please consider him for a Patreon pledge in our and that ends our segment that we like to call Stato Corner ah what's going on background okay funny hit of producer so Paddy Aston Villa who the hell are we going to play up top tomorrow well I should hope the team is more or less the same as it was the other night depending on injuries um, I, I don't see him making it well this is Stephen Gerrard he, he can do whatever he likes but as far as I'm concerned I'd, I'd leave the team the way it is if we've no injuries we've no fresh injuries sure we haven't no if anything we're oh. getting healthy praise the mm. lord we're getting healthy 
Yeah. But, uh, so for me, for me, the team stays the same. We play exactly the same way we did against Chelsea, and if we do that, we win. But whether we do that or not, that's down to Mister Gerrard, who I have very little faith in. So I don't know what way I'll be at seven o'clock tomorrow evening when we see the team, sh- or half six tomorrow evening when oh, we see the team. A, sheet. Is it a seven forty? Seven thirty kick. Is it seven thirty kick? Okay. Yeah, we will so. definitely be here with the team sheet tantrum for that at 6.20 tomorrow anyway so but you guys knew that you guys would be mm. here anyway you're always here that's just fantastic that's why yeah. we love you um, and I think I'm, a, I'm of the same opinion I actually think that he doesn't go with the same top three but I have no idea who he goes with and I think that he's I, I think that I, I, I think that, that he genuinely believes the moment the magic piece and that he's going to rotate people in that front three. I don't know why he would do it, but I think he will. Um, yeah. It's just, to me, it's uh, to me, as I say, he's going to feel like he has to roll the dice. He must know. Like, uh, sorry, when I say that, he must know. It's not as if it's, a, as if it's an open secret or anything like that. Or it is an open secret, should I say, that he is under pressure. But, like, does an under pressure manager just go out and play the same team regardless of... The, the team they're playing against, like like that team would have been set up to massively counterattack against Chelsea. And it did. And it did it to good to good effect. And in fairness, as we've said beforehand, the two the two goals we conceded were both mistakes from our players. But the biggest problem we have so far this season, when you take every single game into account, is we can't hit the back end of a banjo with uh for, uh, at the other other end of the field. And we proved that. And when I look back at it again, Leon Bailey and Danny Ings headers were just bad. You know, they were right, like they, they, there was no technique used and they looked like players who felt that they had to they had to do more to score than they actually did. At least one hit the target. That's it. Well, well oh, we go, we're going to go down the Dan Ronaldson uh, route here of if it hits the post, does it hit the target? Do you remember, if anybody listens to Clareton Blue, I, there was an absolutely brilliant podcast about it. I'd say about six months ago, uh, and it was to gone on for twenty minutes about about whether hitting the post is on target or not, or why it should and shouldn't be. Uh, but yeah, well, hitting, yeah. The, hitting, the, hitting the post from from four <laughs> yards is not hitting the target. If you hit a rasper from forty yards and it hits the bar, oh. I'd say yeah, you probably hit the target. So yeah. there's a grey area there. But look, we 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 created the chances, a lot more chances than we have been doing. The game was there to be won. We could have went and won at the weekend, and I think if we play the same way, we win. I think if he if he shakes it up again, I I I've, I will lose complete respect. If I haven't lost it already, I'll lose complete respect. We have to be going out to win that game exactly the same way we did against Chelsea. We need a win. We need three points. We need three points at the weekend as well. We need to put the we need to put as much of a game up as we can to Man United and uh, I keep forgetting the Newcastle game is in the middle. Um, Man United, Newcastle, and Brighton. So. That's not a murderous row of games. They're games that we can go and take points from. So, uh, he has no excuses when the World Cup rocks up. He he needs to be in a much better place. And somebody made a comment there, you were, you were in full flow, so I lost it. But chances are, if we lose tomorrow, we're in the bottom three. Yeah. And that's a bad look. That is a no, bad It's not look. even a bad look. It's, it's bad management. It's bad playing. It's bad... It's bad. Yeah. But when I say bad luck, it's a bad look on Steven Gerrard and Steven Gerrard alone for me. 
it's just like he keeps talking about being getting progressively better. Getting us getting us a year later in, into the bottom three. I'm sorry, it'll be time to go. Thanks very much, Fred Red, and good to see you back. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks a million for for uh, yes, the Fred. super chat, Fred Red. And Fred asks a great question: There, can a new manager even salvage this current squad, Paddy? I believe they can. So do I. Mm. I, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something that might be slightly controversial because I, and, and I, and I'm sticking to my guns because I know about three or four podcasts ago. Um, people in the comments and, and and which was a fair enough comment and we discussed it on it Paddy there was talking about a lot of championship level players and, and we kind of came down on the uh, on the side of yes some of the players have were championship players when we signed them and, and that's yeah. that's kind of where we went I, I actually am tending to believe that the squad of players the squad of players that we have at this moment in time is probably the best and com best we've had since the days of Little and Gregory and I think it's comparable to the Martin O'Neill Squad. A Martin O'Neill squad wasn't very like you take it outside of Ashley Young, uh, Garrett Barry, and uh, uh, you know Agbonlahor when he was banging goals in the back of the net, and, and John Crew. Like there, there was there was a lot of Nigel Rio Corkers in that team. There was a lot of uh, there, there was oh. Richard Dunn, J James Collins. Well, there you Schoen. go. You're, you're, you're listing you're listing players like mediocre Rio Coker and and the rest of them. We had a me mediocre team who were coached well, who this defended well. And this had players it. that could put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And a manager that played them in the position where they would put the ball in the back of the net. So that's the difference between that squad and the squad we have now. And we had a good run in Europe that year as well. Yeah. And absolutely. We, and we very nearly got Champions League. So Paddy, we were we were we were to the pin of Man City's collar. And I know they aren't the Man City that they were now, but there was still a Man City who spent over a hundred million when when that was uh, uh, an outlier amount to spend. Oh, we married in here up top. Go figure. <laughs> Go. Like as I say, don't, that's what it is. Don't let Dan Bardell hear you giving out about Marlon Harewood. Did I? Did I give out about Marlon Harewood? <laughs> I just said that we had him up top. You know, when they had uh, actually, I think they had the likes of Joe and Bojanov and 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 those guys up top uh, at the time. So um, Benjani, I think, might have been there as well for them. Yeah. <coughs> no. 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 <laughs> Vinny. Jesus, Vinny, you nearly killed him there. No. Vinny, you nearly killed me. No, um, yeah, no, I, I, I knew it was look, L O K, as it was, look. Uh, but I was saying, I, I, I've a, I, 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 it's, it's a phrase when I was when I used to do American football an awful lot. I used to hate the phrase bad optics and bad luck, as in bad look as in oh it looks bad i used to hate that because it kind of papers over the cracks because yeah it might look bad but no one cares what it looks like as long as you're getting results mm -hmm. and this obviously shows that everything is going wrong um yeah. you know it shouldn't be a case where you should be hiding things from people if they don't see it that's what i hear when i hear the phrase bad look um because it obviously means that you're trying to yeah. hide something from somebody but it, it's it's like a team celebrating being in the top four and the team behind them having four games in hand no it's just it just yes. it looks it looks better than it is, but in this case, you know, there's I, I think once he slips into the bottom three, that's the end of it. Not that I want that to happen. I want us to win every game. I want him to succeed. Mm. I absolutely want him to succeed because if he succeeds, we succeed. I don't want someone coming into it to have to resurrect the shit show in, in January or whatever that is. So yeah, I, I want us to win every game. I I'd never not want to win a game. Never once. Unless I was playing against them or something, that would be the only reason I would want them to lose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. not going to happen at this stage. 
well, Ashley Young, Paddy, Ashley Young. Um, you know, I never If only never I was Ashley ever. Young's age, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I agree with you as well. Look, I agree that you know, and I'm going to continually state this in the podcast. I do not want Aston Villa to win if it means just just to allow our manager depart the scene. Never will be me. Um, I'm just not going to be that guy. Um, and it, look, I'm not saying that anybody is 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 wrong to be that person. I just I, I I've I've said it and I've been on record as saying it a long long time ago. I don't care who's in the, uh, who. I don't care who plays for us. I don't care who's in the dress. Well, I do from a morality point of view, but I but from an actual like just a uh, you know I don't care if Stephen Gerrard turns this around and and gets us into the Champions League over the next two years. If he does, brilliant. I'll scream his name from the rafters. I just want Villa to win. Don't really care who's in the dugout. I just want them to win. If Mister Blobby does it. Fantastic. Exactly. You know, I'll wear a Mr. Blobby t-shirt all day long. Um, Here with Michael, Michael Richards is back in the chat again. <coughs> Mike, good to see you. He wants everybody to hit the like button, of course. Neil, did I use this word? Yes. <laughs> I think I'm yeah. due a fine or something for that, aren't I? <laughs> I don't know. No. no, it was just, we can't call him Stevie G. That's what the, that's what the rule was. We're not allowed to call yeah. him Stevie G because that's... Yeah, but you know I call him something else. But anyway. It is. It is. <laughs> Mr. Gerard. Mr. Gerard, exactly. Mr. Gerard. Um yeah. Uh I'm trying to think, Patty, is there any other big kind of talking point? No, well, I suppose I suppose the big the biggest like we're we're probably doing Fulham a disservice by not talking too much about the players oh. themselves. Tim Ream has been brilliant this year for Fulham, by the way. He Tim has. Ream. Mm-hmm. Like a man whose parents missed the biggest trick in the world by not calling him Daniel so that he could sign his name D Ream, like that band <laughs> from the early nineties. But anyway, <laughs> oh well, look, they're they're getting a tune out of players you, you wouldn't expect. Like I have an illogical fear of Dan James. I think he always plays well, and he's a horrible little shit when he plays against us. Um, Mitrovic, you know what you're getting there. You're going to get an angry man who's who's well able to, to score a goal. So there's there's a lot to be worried about. Uh, Alinea you know, is one of the best signings. Palinia, at this moment in time, Palinia, look, mm. obviously outside Erling Haaland, who we all knew was going to come in and, and just take the league by storm because he's yeah. just a, such a transcendental talent. Palinia is, for me, the best signing outside of Erling Haaland this, this, this offseason. He is brilliant. He's really, really good. And he's going to get booked at the week, uh, tomorrow night. So there's another one for the... For the the accounts, if anybody wants it, but um, he's I've been so 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 impressed with him. I just have been mm. really impressed with him and what he's brought to that midfield and that wonder goal he scored. I can't yeah. remember who it was against. You know, he's he's a nice player and he's very young and uh, fair play to Fulham. They did they did spend big on him and uh, they got it I right. Think, I think I think they got a good goalkeeper as well in Bert Leno. Yes. I think he I, I think yeah. he's done them a, a solid there. I think where we can get at them is the two fullbacks. I think they get. I think they get get caught on the ball an awful lot. Um, so that's another reason why I want to see the the setup that we had against Chelsea again this weekend. I'd like to see Watkins get at him. I'd like to see Bailey get at him. If they're fully fit, I think they could do damage there. I think so too. Um, is it Anthony Robinson that's that's at uh, left back for the for yes. Fulham? It's an Anthony Robinson. Like he he had serious fanfare. I still actually liked him. He was there was talk about him going to Milan when he was at Wigan as well. Yeah, and, and he's, he's great going forwards. I, yeah. I, I think he, I think he'd play much better in a back three than he does in a back four. 
he gets he gets caught out when he loses the ball. He's he's snookered, but um, he's uh, yeah, Scouse American Anthony Robinson. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an he's he's been an interesting player. This uh, mm-hmm. and I know Aston Villa were linked to him when Dean Smith was there um, mm-hmm. as well, but uh, he went to Fulham, and and I'm going to just interested to see him. I haven't seen anything of him in since the start of last season in the championship. And he's interesting. And obviously Bobby Cordova Reed has, has gone back to that right back position for them. Or, um, at, at times this season, it'd be interesting to see if he starts there and the wonderfully named. And in fairness, he must be, I, I don't know how long he's been at Fulham, but he just seems like he's been at Fulham forever. Niskin's Cabano has just, it seems like he's been there for donkey's years. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how long he's been there for. Um, but uh, yeah, fair play to him. Um, he he's not, been there. He's injured, no. Niskins Cabano, uh, he's only there actually. He's only with him since. Gosh, I don't know. That's interesting. Okay. There's a break in his history there. Uh, oh, he did play the weekend. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just he just seems to be a fella that's just always been at, at, at Fulham. Um, since he, yeah, he only joined him in 2016, but it just seems yeah. like he's been there much, much longer. Um, <clears throat> but look, they're they're a team that have, uh, are outperforming themselves. When you look at any of their statistics, when you look at their expected goals, their their expected goals mark. Um, they're they've got an expected goals mark that's the that's the second worst in the league at five point one six. And believe it, Aston Villa's sorry expected ex- expected assists mark is at five point six five point one six assists per game. Um, which is nineteenth, and then Aston Villa comes in at eight. Um, in the XA mark. And that's basically the quality of um of their play in the final third. Aston Villa are not anywhere near uh, that uh, with because Aston Villa have only got four assists all season, and uh, Fulham were only supposed to have five assists this season, and they've got eleven. So it's complete sliding doors moment, as I say. Fulham are outperforming themselves by by one hundred percent, and we're underperforming by one hundred percent. Um, when it comes to the creativity and this isn't news to anybody else but it's interesting when the statistics yeah. back up what we can see on the field as well you know Fulham have scored 16 goals this season that puts them to the 7th highest scoring scoring team in the league this season Aston Villa the lo- second lowest joint second lowest and Wolves are below us and it's interesting because Aston Villa have only created um, let me just see it here Aston Villa have created 80 chances in the yeah, Aston Villa have created 80 chances uh, in their 10 games this season. Fulham have created 79 chances. And when you look at the amount of passes and touches that Aston Villa and Fulham have had, Aston Villa have had almost 700 more touches and have had uh, over 600 more passes per game. So when you take all that into account, we're, with more touches, we own the ball more, we have a better possession rate, we have a better um, an Aston Villa's possession rate for anybody who's... Uh, Who's out there? We've we've uh we fifty we're just tipping on to the fifty percent possession possession rates um over the course of our games this season, whereas Fulham only have forty four point six. What I'm getting at here is that for the amount of ball that Fulham have had, they've done way more with it than Aston Villa have, and Aston Villa have been obviously ponderous with the ball and a lot of passing the ball backwards and around in between each other. I don't need to tell you that. It's just interesting when the stats bear it out as well, which is uh, which is really, really interesting. Um, <coughs> Paddy, I, I'm going to ask you for a prediction. At the moment, <laughs> you, never, you never asked me for a prediction in the preview unless I'm not going to be on the team sheet tantrum. At the moment, I'm, go, I'm going 2-2. 
But uh, if if we uh, if we play the same team as we did last weekend, I think we're going to win three one. I think it's going to be Aston Villa. I think Aston Villa are going to score two goals in this game. It's just going to have to happen at yeah. some stage. We can't have seven think, players. I think, pigeonhole, I think he is going to pigeonhole um, Philippe Coutinho in there somewhere, and somebody's going to be pissed off along the line. And it'll probably um, be at the, it'll probably be at the expense of Danny Ings, which will piss me off when the team sheet Atram is on. But that's what I think he'll do. I, I think he, I think he will switch it up and and put one of one of our little magicians in there to try and do a job. Um, when there's absolutely no need because what we did last weekend was absolutely fine with me. Steve, Steve O'Brien asked, but where are those passes? How many forward passes and how many in the final third? Um, I don't have a number for how many we have in the final third. From memory, it was over 60% of our passes are in the final third uh, of the field. And of those 60% of our total amount of passes, 79.3% uh, of those are... Um, oh, no, sorry. Percentages, the percentages of the 79.3 percent is what is, is the statistic I found of our passes occur in the in the attacking third of the field. That's mental. I, that, that, I must go back and check that because I've it written down here on a piece of paper. Pass success in, percentage. Sorry, I can't read my own writing. Pass success percentage <laughs> in the attacking third 79.3 percent. I apologize. I'll try and find that number for you, Stephen, and uh, how mm. many of them are in the attacking third. And yeah, um, it is an interesting one. I saw it, I didn't write it down, and I, I, I remember thinking it was quite a high number. They obviously don't count crosses as uh, as passes, do they? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be <coughs> just for just for uh, argument's sake, guys, wolves have created ninety-five chances this year. Aston mm. Villa have created eighty. Wolves have only scored five goals, and they're the lowest scoring team of the team this season. So when the lowest scoring team is creating more chances than you. A, I've been, ho I've been hovering chance. over this segue till you started to speak about Wolves, but what do you make of the yeah. the rumours that Beal is on the radar? Drop my honest answer. I have no evidence at this moment. I saw, I'm an evidence-based guy. Michael Beal could turn out to be the next Alex Ferguson at this moment in time. I've no evidence to believe that Michael that Michael Beale will be um, the 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 savior of of uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah. He very well could be, very well, very very well could be. But at this moment in time, it's show me what you've done, and I'll tell you how good you potentially could be. It's his first like he's got 11, 12, 13 games in management. Mm -hmm. Let's see. It's going to be an interesting one though. It's going to be interesting. He could be brilliant. I don't know. I've I've no way of knowing whether he's yeah. going to be good or not. None. none and look, you've no way of telling when, when when he's playing with better players what way it's what way it's going to pan out for him. He he's done well. He's done well with QPR. They're all they're all happy with him. They all love him. Um, I just think it's an absolutely mad move on on everyone's behalf to to take him out of there, unproven, into a Premier League team who are struggling. Yeah. 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 Anyway, what um, do we know? Exactly. What do we know is right. What I'm sure I can't even read my own bloody writing. Never mind. So how am I supposed to be able to tell you if Michael Beale is going to be a good uh, uh, a good appointment or not? <coughs> but anyway, listen, everybody, thanks so much for your time today. Um, really appreciate it. If you do like the podcast, can you just click the thumbs up on YouTube? <coughs> really appreciate it before I die. And uh, if, you, if you don't subscribe to the podcast... 
If you don't subscribe to the podcast, please do subscribe on either the audio platforms. Even if you don't listen on the audio platforms, by subscribing, it helps throw it out there in the algorithms to everybody else. Um, also, subscribe on YouTube for exactly the same reason. If you don't watch on YouTube, subscribe. Just throws it out there and it allows more people to come and join the party. But thanks so much to everybody tonight. We've covered a lot of ground. We've covered our drinking habits and in, 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 in hygiene. We've covered uh, everything to do with Aston Villa and Fulham. And uh, I think we covered something else. Then, oh, yeah, I nearly got attacked by a printer as well. Yeah. So it's been an eventful podcast. And I hope you Neil, have you, um, have you have you something to tell us about a, a busy morning tomorrow? Oh, I do. Um, oh yeah, as well for everybody. If everybody that's logged off early, it's your own fault because you missed out on this. If anybody <laughs> is hanging around Sky Sports News between about nine four nine fifteen and nine forty five tomorrow, you might see a familiar face. That's all I'll say. And it, I'll give you a sneak preview. I can't do the frame thing here in like, my own face. I can't get in front of my own face. Yeah, you, look you like, never know. You, you might like you might see, might see a familiar face. Uh, on Sky Sports <laughs> News tomorrow between 9, 9.15 and 9.45. I'd love if you guys could uh, could, could check it out and um, take pictures of my horribly um, awkward-looking face if you do get to see it and post it all over the internet because uh, I'm never one that's afraid of ridicule. So uh, so you can do that if you so wish. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm supposed to be hopping on there to talk about Aston Villa Fulham tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be a real great experience. I'm really looking forward to it. And I will tell you something. I'm going to rewrite out my stats again because there's no way I'm going to be sitting there not being able to read my writing tomorrow morning. <laughs> so... Um, yeah. Yeah, you probably so want to type them out, Neil, I'd say. Might be the best thing. <laughs> what was the, yeah, type them out. Big font, 60, font 60. Stick them on the wall here in front of me so that I don't get them wrong. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, as I say, Sky Sports News tomorrow between 9.15 and 9.45. Um, I like most likely will be on there tomorrow discussing Aston Villa and Fulham. And uh, yeah, if you want to check it out and hear my ramblings and my musings on the national stage, that would be fantastic. Uh, turn the printer off in the morning. You can be damn sure I'll turn the printer off in the morning <laughs> as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can be damn sure. All right, guys, we're going to leave it at that. Um, thanks so much, everybody. Thumbs ups, subscriptions, likes. And you know what? Join us tomorrow for the Team Sheet Tantrum because we will be back again at 6.20 for Team Sheet Tantrum. And uh, hopefully we see a nice positive team that will go out and bring a result against this against Fulham tomorrow and uh, maybe put a bit more of a rosy complexion of where we are in the league and uh, make us a bit more of an attractive proposition to both fans, prospective managers, uh, prospective players, anything like that. Everything. Uh, it would be nice too. Have a great night. Stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.